Well, good afternoon. Welcome, everyone, to the uh, December 9th edition of the Ag Market Network. Uh, this is our monthly cotton teleconference. I'm Pat McClatchy. This program is sponsored by BASF. BASF, as everybody knows, is the owners of FiberMax and Stoneville Cottonseed. We appreciate uh, them making this program possible for you, uh, and, uh, and we just want to tell them how much we appreciate them. Uh, today we are going to be led by uh, John Robinson. Uh, he will join our cotton panel of uh, Dr. O.A. Cleveland and uh, Gerald Nieper and Kip Butts. I, I don't. I'm not sure Kip's going to be able to be with us today. Uh, but uh, anyway, John, uh, thanks for leading us today. You're welcome. Good afternoon, everybody. So um, the December WASDE report. It gives us an, uh, yet another kind of round of modest tightening, at least of the world numbers. And it did it with a whole lot of incremental adjustments in a whole lot of places. So let me try and summarize it here. Um, the beginning stocks were 700,000 bales fewer than last month. Most of that was in India, a half million bale decrease in India. We saw a little bit down in West Africa and a smaller amount in Thailand for the beginning stocks. The production number in the world was um, changed. It was lowered by a small, a little over 200,000 bales. And that came from a lot of different uh, sources. Um, Let's see. West Africa was up a quarter of a million. Turkey was up 200,000. Central Asia was up 200,000. The U.S. was up a little bit, and the EU was up even less. And all of that monthly change was more than offset by a million bale cut over in Pakistan. So the production number, again, was net down um, over two-thirds of a million bales. Uh, the trade categories were higher, um, 330,000 or so. Um, and even though they were up, that actually included or or maybe masked a cut in Chinese imports. Uh, China cut its imports by, or, or they were lower, by 250,000 bales. That was the only change on the China balance sheet. It went right to their bottom line. But overall, the trade categories in the net were up. The consumption number in the world was also raised by, you know, again, 170,000 bales. That was mostly due to increases in Vietnam on the order of 200,000, Central Asia 100,000, Turkey 100,000, Thailand in there 50,000. And again, those gains were offset by a larger cut in a 300,000 bale cut in Pakistan. Um, so where does that leave us? The bottom line is about a 1.2 million bale fewer of world <clears throat> world ending stocks which you know is is helpful it's i'd call it you know neutral to positive but you know nothing really nothing really dramatic uh just a whole bunch of changes in a whole bunch of places with i guess pakistan having the most tinkering to their balance sheet um looking at the us we saw even fewer adjustments there was a you know a small increase in production now that happened also in a number of different places. If you if you look at the uh, at the actual production report, um, the 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 average yield for the country went up. Um, you know that's the out of date one. 
it went up five pounds. Um, but there were increases in, oh, I'm having to leave what I was reading prepared and flip to this. There were increases in like six states scattered all over the place, and there were decreases in Texas, almost 100,000 bales fewer in Texas, and, and that all worked out to a small 80,000 bale increase um, in, uh, in U.S. production. Uh, that was washed out in the unaccounted category. There were no changes to the U.S. consumption category, so the bottom line, ending stocks remain uh, the same. So no real changes there. I, I personally wasn't really expecting uh, big changes, you know, this time of the year, one wouldn't really think there'd be much left to do on the on the production or supply side of things. So, and they didn't change they didn't change exports. So uh, it kind of leaves us. Um, Gerald may call it a nothing burger, um, and he'd he'd kind of be right. Uh, I don't think the market certainly we didn't have the market reaction this time as we did last to last month's nothing burger. So, Pat, that's that's about it. All right, well, let's open it up. OA, uh, any comments or Gerald? Uh, Gerald, you go first because I may steal some of yours if I go first. You know, it was, it was somewhat comical. I say comical. I'm not sure that that's the right word. That you know, not too many too many days ago, USDA put out this special bulletin talking about you know trying to compare you know, USDA estimates with Indian estimates and, and, and looking at the, you know, the difference in the crop years. You know, their crop year starts, uh, what is it, October 1 versus our September, our August 1. And they went through and said, you know, basically we, we match up. So it was, and they went through like four or five years. And so I, I thought they were doing that to justify their their stock, you know, estimates versus what everybody is is uh, saying, you know, kind of giving them grief over about that stocks are too high. So then I was surprised to see today that they actually started messing around with some of the production numbers. They wouldn't cut them. <laughs> and reducing stocks in India again. So, you know, it's probably getting a lot closer to uh, to realistic. And the second thing is, you know, they had a, a million bale decrease in, in Pakistan. Well, you know, just the other day, you know, Pakistan had said, "Yeah, they're done. They're done har- harvesting over there. They figure that some a crop is somewhere around five seven, I think, with uh, um, possibly you know half a million bales to to a million bales in, in unreported ginnings. You know, I guess, I guess some of that cotton gets ginned, doesn't get reported to the state for tax reasons. You know, imagine that somebody avoiding taxes or trying to, <laughs> to avoid taxes, but." Uh, so when I did the calculations, I'm thinking, okay, well, that should come in to somewhere around 6.2 to 6.3 million bales of production in Pakistan. So to see a big million bale reduction like that, I, that was a little bit surprising to, to, to me. But, uh, hey. And then uh, what else is a surprise? You know, USDA's uh, in PIMA estimates for uh, um, for the 21 – for the 21-22 crop year, they've raised it by 25,000 bales, although nobody can seem to find those bales. The classing office can't even come up with 300,000 bales and, and, uh, and, and 300,000 running bales that, that they're going to class. So 
I think we'll see FEMA get reduced as as we move forward. Um, the rest of the, you know, the, the rest of the upland production numbers, you know, they they look pretty good. I don't think anybody should really have a problem with them. That would be my comment. Away. <laughs> Thanks, Gerald. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I did want you to go first because I would have stolen some of your stuff that I got from you. Plus, I would have commented on the other things you mentioned. Going home first to India, just uh, just putting on my old worn-out gray hairs. That Indian report USDA came out with is a 10-year-old report that they take off the shelf about every three to four years, dust it off plug some more numbers in and come out with the same conclusion that they're that they're doing a good job following the Indian situation. We have noticed now, I think this is the third time this year, which is almost unheard of, that USDA has in fact adjusted its Indian numbers lower. We've been asked after them about five years to do that. So finally this is the first time after one of those reports that they actually did do it. Uh, the difference in the counting procedure is that USDA, of course, here in the United States, we use August and July as the uh, the reporting year, and India is what two months later or one month later. So it's 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 really a simple adjustment one makes, but uh, I, I, it, it's always been a, a just a, just unbelievable to me that the Indians with very little warehouse uh, capacity, uh, USDA always finds so much. Uh, 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 storage. I know there's a guy down in Georgia that thinks uh, India has more storage capacity than anybody else in the world, I think, based on what he says. But now slipping over to Pakistan, two months ago we raised a million bales. This month we lowered a million bales. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it makes you wonder. Uh, the current administration in Washington doesn't let anybody go to their office. Everybody has to work at home. There's a number of the agencies assign one person on a daily basis to answer the phone, so you don't know who you get, who you're going to get that day. Uh, it's, it's, you know, NASA has just all, lost all of its credibility vis-a-vis -vis your report that uh, the people that keep the hard count on bales of FEMA came up with 25,000 bales less than USDA did, and the, the NAS people all of a sudden find 25,000 bales more. So. You know, somewhere in watching their Netflix programs, they got a uh, subtraction versus an, an addition. And we'll know when NAS goes back to work, we'll see the v value of Netflix stock probably drop 10 or 15 percent. Uh, but, you know, I, it's, I'm being very hard on them. But uh, they've been very hard on us. They're responsible for accurate data and for forthcoming with accurate data, and they fail to do that. A million bale change in one month over a two-month period is a little strange, uh, odd, but of course that's uh, that's the FAS that came out with that number. But the, just the simple Pima situation is uh, very unusual for USDA and for NAS. But the report uh, did come come out somewhat neutral. Now to be hard on uh, on on my good friends and uh, better educated than I that in the interagency group, they chose to leave exports uh, at 15.5 million bales. Now, that's great and good, but we're running, I don't know, Gerald, you and John, correct me, a couple million bales behind. We're running, uh, you know, apparently USDA knows that this supply situation and trucks and rail cars and leaving the U.S. is actually being solved and is going to be solved within the next seven months. Uh, they should tell that to uh, CNN, 
uh, even to the president and his staff, because they're keeping these export numbers unbelievably high based on, uh, on, on, on what we're seeing in the real world. And I just would say uh, it's just impossible to do what USDA is predicting with respect to exporting 15.5 million bales. I hope, like the Dickens, I have to eat crow on that. But that's okay. I'm very used to the flavor and the taste of it. Had to do it a number of times for jumping on them. But uh, I just don't see it's possible. I would say they're probably a million bales high, and they're very tart in not coming forth with that. Uh, I think probably what happens is is that another way to look at that is that they don't they think we're going to export that amount of cotton because they left the ninety cent estimate of uh, of U.S. cotton prices to the uh, to the farm level at that ninety cent level. So they obviously think we're going to export that much. I hate to think that they they're just kicking the can down the road, waiting for more information. If they have rather than holding them back and hitting us one time with a double whammy and see the market sell off significantly, I'm sure I'll think of more. But go ahead, Pat. Thank you. You know, (laughs) away. You know, um, the the shipments I think are a little slow for. Um, for obvious reasons, I mean, <clears throat> because of the difficulty of getting uh, uh, logistics to, to move stuff. But secondarily, and, and of course this is just, you know, anecdotally, but, you know, you've looked at the the, the quality of this year's crop is unbelievable. Um, you know, all, you know, across the board. What are we, like 89% tenderable or some, yep. some crazy uh, some crazy percentage like that? Well, you know, every year when merchants go short, they figure, okay, I'm going to get X percent of X percent of these low grades should show up. Well, I think a lot of low grades have been have been sold, and it's coming in slower than they would like, and they don't really want to ship high grades against their low grade sales, or they're going to take a beating on that stuff. So, um, you know, talking around. Anytime you see kind of a cheaper recap out there, especially in the southeast, those things get uh, get chewed up quickly. The, the basis has gone up on, on some of these lower grades because guys are trying to get their hands on it. Um, so I, I, I think there's some of that going on. At some point, they're just going to have to buy the bullet and ship what they have in inventory. But in the meantime, I think they're all waiting to see if they can't get some more more low grades in their inventory to ship against uh, against sales. Again, that's just anecdote. I don't have any hard information on that, but you know, but, you talk around enough, you kind of get that idea that that's what's happening. But then eventually, yeah, well, it seems that, like yeah. we'll get to a calendar, just a calendar constraint problem. Right. I've, right. My number's three seventy six per week from now to the end, and and that's gonna that's gonna go up if we stay at a fifteen and a half million bale target. Uh, so it just, I mean, it just, we better see we better see some big shipments starting, you know, January, um, or even later this month, uh, perhaps. But yeah, we've got we've got to see some probably half half million bale shipments over a two month period of time just to even think that we could catch up with the fifteen and a half million bale estimate. Yeah, we spot on. Merchants don't want to have to ship it; they're having to deliver it domestically. Uh, middlings and uh, or strict middlings, and w- w- when they sell strict middlings, I mean the mills just cries they have to take that stuff. 
Uh, merchants, uh, <laughs> they cry when they're taking that stuff. <laughs> well, merchants take, are taking a beating on it, but uh, uh, we have what I'm not sure of the numbers. We've harvested 75 85 percent of the crop, but we've only uh, classed who is it 58 percent? I'm not sure, but it's in that area, I think. Uh, correct me. Uh, so, you know, we, we're a long way toward classings, and yes, they are expecting the waiting for some low grades, but uh, how long can they wait? John's point, and you echoed it when he mentioned it, that uh, uh, the calendar's catching up with them, and, uh, you know, we can't expect 400,000 bail shipments every week. We can't expect, uh, and, and if we don't get that, uh, we're already buying the eight bail. So I, I understand what you're saying. But at the same time, uh, unless there is a significant turnaround in trucking, railing, uh, container loading, availability of ships, uh, at best 15 million bales is as high as we can go. And I'm just, uh, again, I don't mind when USDA serves me crow. They do a good job when they follow my recipe of cooking. Well, I guess the question, the next question is, what does this mean for price? Uh, let's just go ahead and get into that. Uh, anybody got any thoughts? You can go ahead and give estimates on what you expect for old crop and new crop, but ultimately I think that's what most people want us to talk about is where is it going. That's right, Pat. I'm going to take a swing at that, a backward swing at it first before John and and Gerald answered that. What scares me about this shipment situation is, is, in my opinion, USDA kicks that can down the road. We're setting ourselves up, I am afraid, for some cancellations. And uh, when it becomes evident that cotton sold for over a dollar a pound is not going to get delivered. And uh, just a quick note on this to this morning's export report which was wonderful. Of course, that cotton was sold for, I'm going to pull a number out, 10, 15 cents a pound less than what last week's cotton was sold for. So we should have and expected, expected a big report this this morning, and we got one. We'll probably have another one next week. Uh, but we've got to have those shipments. And in the absence of shipments, uh, yes, this market, we can hold a dollar. Uh, and I think we can ease a little bit higher than where we are right now. I don't see three, four, five cents higher. Uh, but, uh, this, again, I am just literally scared of the cancellations that can give us a 10-plus uh, cent drop in, if those cancellations become major. And that's why I'm a little bit perturbed at, at, at whether or not uh, my analysis is correct with respect to USDA reducing exports much, much, much sooner than, than later. Uh, that would be my comment. All right. Anybody else? Well, from a price forecast standpoint, if I was to insert a place a 12 cent price range in here i i would pick i'm I'm a little worried about the downside i would pick like 98 to up to 110 just allowing for uh you know unforeseen volatility well um i think uh 
I think we got another shot at somewhere in the 112 to, to 115, maybe 117 region. Um, and you know, I, I, I just, I just think that we haven't. I, I just think this market is is just holding pretty firm in here, and uh, I, th I think we're going to get another run to the upside. Um, we still have a lot of mills that need to do some fixating, some fixations on their on-call sales report. Everything that's being sold right now is being put on call, so you're just adding to those numbers. So you know. I don't know that we can go down real far unless you know we do see some big cancellations. But nobody is even is is, is indicating uh, uh, anything yet in terms of uh, that they expect to see any cancellations. Uh, demand is, is still very strong. Uh, e even domestic demand is uh, um, is very very strong. Um, the uh, so I just. I, I see more upside than, than downside risk, um, and uh, uh, that's on, on old crop, obviously. Maybe we talk a little bit about new crop. You know, I think we've got very good support, 88 to 90 cents on the downside, probably pretty good resistance, 93 to 95 cents on the upside. So I don't think that new crop is going to do a whole lot uh, for a while anyway, and if you know, if we can get old crop back up um, into the 110 plus area, it's probably you know we'll we'll have a decent shot at, at 93 cents again. I mean, uh, uh, we had a high on December 22 of 93.10, and um, you know I I think we'll take that out. I think we've got a decent shot at 95 cents, but I think a lot of that's going to be you know probably 80 percent of that's going to be predicated on. I'm getting old crop back up over a buck ten. Good, good uh, comments, Gerald. I, and, and you you mentioned the fixations. I will won't know until this afternoon, but I'm going to guess there's somewhere between ten and twelve million bales net of fixations uh, uh, that mills have to make net now taking the the, the, the call purchases of uh, growers out of that. Uh, which is still a very heavy number. It's still a very heavy number. But I, again, I, I just mentioned I'm concerned about, and, and 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 that would push those prices up to an area that you speak of. But I'm just cautious of the of the uh, potential cancellations that I think are out there, because if if these shipments, if we get 15.5 million bales in shipments, obviously you're correct. There will be no. Uh, 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 cancellations, but I, I just don't see how we're going to load a boat with 425,000 bales week after week after week just because the calendar moves from December to January. And and I would not think that the mills would be suspect of that yet because they have their bias of not delivering uh, anything of higher quality basically than a strict low middling and would like some lower grades to to deliver because that's by and large what they've sold. But uh, the seed company has blessed us this year with the varieties that yielded, as you say, a, an incredible high yielding, high uh, yielding qu uh, crop uh, quality wise. Uh, but uh, I have a little bit given up much hope on going above ninety cents, uh, simply because come uh, the first of January we'll start getting. 
plantings intentions, and I would think that we'll find out at the Beltwide Cotton Conference that U.S. plantings will be up a minimum of 15% and a maximum of 20%, maybe 22%. And if we just take an average of that and look at plantings, then uh, we've got some big numbers coming. Of course, there's some big soybean numbers coming planting-wise. They may back off a little bit because they are so high, but um, we'll we'll see. I mean, you guys, I always say no more than I do. All right, I got a question yep. here to come in if y'all don't mind. Let, let's take this question and then we we can go on. Because I, I did ask anyone out there that would like to text me with a question to do that. And here's what was sent: Ask them how much lower production will be next year, even if acres are planted because inputs, fertilizer, are too expensive to apply full applications, and shortages of herbicides that will dev- devastate yields in some areas. Uh, and this guy goes on to say you can't get Roundup right now no matter how much you offer to pay uh, for it. And we're being told corn and soybean acres will use it up before it gets to uh, cotton growers. Uh, anybody want to take a swing at that? Well, I really can't answer his question accurately. Is, you know, what's it, obviously, it'll, it'll, it'll impact production. I, I, I think probably a lot of folks are going to put seed in the ground and and hold off to the extent they can on fertility and maybe maybe herbicide stuff until they until they see how dry it is and they see what comes up and then they're going to be playing catch up uh, you know the, there'll be some cutback just due to economics but uh, you know it's that's it's too complicated to precisely answer the question so Anybody I'm else have any calls I, I talked to uh, now. This is just one grower, um, and down in the coastal bend, and and he said, Gerald, he said I put on a lighter rate of fertilizer, and it's costing me forty percent more than a year ago. So you know they're going to go lighter on the inputs. I would think um, still going to cost him more. So I mean that the, the question is a good one in terms of how you know how will yields be affected by uh, a, you know, maybe lighter rates of fertilizer across the belt, and and B, you know, these uh, these herbicides or these insecticides, well, herbicides and insecticides, trying to, you know, trying to get a hold of those things to, you know, to fight stuff, if if, if stuff were to arise. So, uh, you know, and you know, right now I'm just wondering, you know, oh, you mentioned that the, you know, at the belt wide, of course, Cotton Grower will come out with their their survey of growers. I'm just wondering how good the survey will be this year because guys are, are still trying to figure out what they're going to do for this next year, given all of these, you know, challenges, if you will. So I think the survey, you know, they're going to be getting a lot of strange answers. I bet they get a lot of – I bet they get answers that uh, um, might surprise us that we may not see a big increase in, in acres even at these prices. Well, speaking of someone who really needs a haircut from this all long, long, long grace, uh, and and this is a bit of a, a bit of a devil's advocate comment. Historically, growers uh, use too much fertilizer anyway, so cutting oh. back a little bit is going to be good. It's not going to hurt them. 
Uh, now, if they don't have the insecticides that, that they need, that could hurt individual growers. I was looking at some tarnish bug stuff uh, this morning, and it just shocked me. The people that had not put out uh, tarnish bug uh, insecticides and had just been eaten up. Uh, and uh, I, I, I'm just not counting that as, 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 as an issue at this point, though I do recognize it could be a major issue. I would uh, jump it around a little bit. Uh, I think the Mid-South uh, growers, uh, by and large, are going to uh, find and put out what they want to put out. They will not be, as a group, they will not be hindered by the cost of the input. Historically, they have not. Some uh, some of the uh, expansion and slash new new this year, not as opposed to not planning last year, of uh, the southeast growers, uh, I'm sure will cut back a little bit with the with the uh, for fertilizer. I'm perplexed with West Texas, John, or Texas. Well, yeah, the West Texas, specifically Rolling Plains. Uh, I'm not picking up an increase there that I would have in- anticipated, and I would have thought that would have been a strong increase. Now, maybe that is fertilizer. Uh, it's certainly not soybeans. I would not think it was corn because that would be fertilizer. So, I, And it may be, as Gerald said, they're playing their cards awfully close to the chest this year. I don't know. I'm just perplexed by that. I think I I, I, I you mentioned the rolling plains. I mean, that's the classic low-cost region where back in the day they they didn't put anything on those yeah. things. They let the yeah. frost kill it, and then they'd go in and strip it. And I think you know they're going to defensively, and if it'll be a drought response as much as anything, they're going to defensively revert to that. Okay. All right. and, and they can still they can still do things. You know, you can you can you can add. You can add stuff during the growing season, as you know, if you've got a crop to add it to, if it's if it rains. But there, there's just a whole lot of ifs. Well, let's talk about uh, price projections, uh, Gerald. I'm going to go to you. You've already talked about how high you think it can go, but we want to go back through and just have everybody kind of give their levels. Um, for March. Uh, or for the nearby yeah, well, for crop for 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 old crop and for new crop. Okay, let's call it uh, 103 to uh, 114, um, maybe 115. 103 to 115 on on old crop, current crop rather, and then on on new crop. Uh, you know, that's just so hard until we get further into the into the into the season. But you know. 85 to, to 95, I, I think, is probably what we're dealing with for the next couple of months anyway. Okay. John? I'm slightly changing what I said a few minutes ago, but I'd say a dollar to a dollar fifteen, And then uh, I'm inclined to think uh, 95 to 85 on new crop. All right, away. Uh, next two months up to the March, uh, uh, what Gerald says I would go with, uh, and, and John, uh, uh, take it all the way out to July. I could get a little bit lower. I don't get any higher. I, I could drop it under a dollar all the way out to July. Uh, I'm cautious about the call sales. They they, they, they are pretty strong. Uh, new crop, uh I'd take it a nickel lower than both John and, and Gerald. I, I, I would have to go down to 80 cents. Uh, I, I, 
hopefully, yep. I hope we do a 95. I, without something happening, I don't uh, abnormal. I don't see us quite going to 95. I've got stopped at 90, 92. But I'm a little concerned at 80 cents on the downside. All right. Uh, anybody got any closing closing comments? Any thoughts? All right. Well, let's uh, wrap it up. We want to thank our speakers. And, John, thanks for leading us. Uh, thanks to BASF for being our sponsor and making our program possible uh, to you. And thanks to you, our listeners, for being with us today. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.